0: Welcome to episode number 203 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talk to a family mega favorite, Rhea Pector from the Little Stories for Tiny People podcast podcast. And Rhea's got a show that we put on in our house when we need to calm down, when we need to entertain on car rides, when we need to do something that's not a screen, we need to be soothed, we need to have fun, we need to giggle, we need to laugh, we need to be creative. All of these things are uh, enhanced by Rhea's podcast, Little Stories for Tiny People. And it's uh, oh. There was some thunder just there, thunder. Um, And it was great to talk to Rhea. It's been a long time, and I appreciate her patience and waiting patiently while I uh, put up this episode. So, you know, Rhea and I are also part of something called Kids Listen, which is a grassroots collection of kids and family podcasters who are making high-quality audio content. And you should check out all of these shows. There have been several past guests of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, if you know your Good Stuff history. That's kind of a weird thing to say, I know. But, uh, you know, there's some truth to it because all the old episodes, past episodes, I should say, are on goodstuffpod.com. And wherever you get your pods, and they're all free, and there's guaranteed, certified, and bona fide good stuff in the archives. In the archives. Here is Rhea Pector. Talk to you at the end of the show. Good stuff. It's, it's a good day here. It's a good day in Good Stuff Studios because I get to talk to my new friend, Rhea Pector, from the Little Stories for Tiny People podcast. Rhea, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing so great. Thank you for having me.
0: It is. It's a pleasure. So you should know, like, right off the bat, we're going to get some things, put them out on the table before, uh, before anything else happens. And whether or not you know it, you have been a huge part of my family's life for, I would say, at least the last year and a half. And oh my gosh and, and that, that's <laughs> not meant to scare you, and it's not meant to make you feel weird but but I do think it's important that you know that um we uh we my youngest daughter, especially who just turned five, loves the stories on your podcast, and it's made long drives tolerable it's made some tough nighttimes and bedtimes manageable, all of the things that y- you probably know happen for people, but I also think it's really important for you to hear the impact that you've had on our lives directly. So we're, I-, I wanted to be sure to tell you that on the record and let you know, but I think that what we all wanna know is tell us a little bit about you and where you're coming from and how you got to be this creative force that's doing so <laughs> much good in the world. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. First of all, it is always really just, I don't know, surprising, still surprising to hear these things, but I do hear it um, at times. So it means a lot to be someone that kids, you know, want to keep coming back to. You. But, um, okay, how did I get here and become the creative force?
0: Um, <laughs> you can go back as far as you well, <laughs>
1: want. Well, <laughs> back in 1985. Um, so, yeah, I I was um, always just a really imaginative little kid, uh, a daydreamer from, you know, day one, I think. And I was uh, pretty shy, but always um, super uh, busy in my thoughts and like had a very, very rich inner life. And that would come out in drawing. I did tons of drawings. As a little kid, I would fill up drawing pads constantly. And I thought I would grow up and be a cartoonist um, so I loved art, and as soon as I learned how to write, I started writing stories, and um, I continued that through my childhood. But I was always really quiet about it. I'm not a performer um, type. I'm qu- I was quiet as a kid and just really shy. But I always had a lot going on inside. So um, yeah, I mean that was a thread running through my childhood. And then I, uh how did I get here? That's a great question. <laughs> I feel like it was not
0: this linear path. That's but, okay. Um, That's the best way.
1: Yeah. So I never, never imagined I would do anything like this. I was always, um had terrible stage fright. So I kind of imagined that I could do things like sing. I loved to sing, but I couldn't actually sing because it was so terrifying. And, um, so I grew up somewhere in there (laughs) and I had been writing fiction as a kid. And then, you know, that's not really something that, um, is focused a lot on in school. And I kind of, uh, left it behind as I got older and I went to school. I, um, eventually got a master's in social work and, through those years, I was not, it was not like I was, you know, quietly writing children's stories at night. Nothing like that. I pretty much abandoned it until I had my own kids. So Mm -hmm. I have three kids. And when my oldest was three, um, I was a stay-at-home parent. I still am. And I, uh, you know, when a child turns three, it's like their imagination just goes wild. It was it was almost shocking to me to witness it and I've seen it you know then with my younger son and my daughter is just turned two and I'm already seeing like the little glimmers of it coming out but um, my son started really really responding to you know me framing things as stories and so that was like the spark that kind of took me back to childhood. And um yeah, that's that's how I started down this path. So that was like four years ago, three and a half years ago. Um yeah, I can keep going or you can <laughs> I
0: don't no, know if you have questions. It's it's great. No, it's that. great it's great to hear that. And I love that it comes from, you know, you having kids, right? And then seeing in them the creativity and then being re-inspired to get back into it yourself so i think that we're going to get to a lot of stuff that you were gonna um continue to talk about through the course of this sure. but so i think that so you you and i are both members of the three club which is an exclusive club um and it's also an exhausting <laughs> club so i think that right. you know as a as someone who who takes a lot of time to put my podcast together, I imagine it takes you a lot of time to put your podcast together. And I think that's really important for people to hear, especially from you. Like mine, I, I get to talk to people. Like that's really cool. But you are doing so much. You're writing it. You're producing it. You're putting it together. So I think it's, it's, um, it's okay and it's good for people to hear like how long it takes you to put together an episode right so and and i'm not even talking about we'll get to like the themes and things like that later but i think that like there's uh your production values are really really good so let's let the people know what goes into making that happen (laughs) (laughs)
1: um yeah I, i i don't keep like a ledger for all the time so um i'll try to i'll try to think about this i so writing the stories, it definitely takes a ton of time, but it varies wildly. Like I've had some stories that come to me, like the idea comes to me and it's almost like I just have to write it down. Mm-hmm. And that, um, is not every story, but when that happens, it's kind of a thrill. Cause it might only take me like three hours total to write a story, um, But then I've had stories like I have one, Andre and the Elf. uh, It took me a year to finish that story randomly. (laughs) So it was always kind of like in the back of my mind for an entire year. Um, Yeah, so there's the writing phase. And then um, I've been trying to get up around 6 a.m. before my kids are up. And I do writing in the morning because I'm a morning person. Uh I can't do anything creative at night. Uh, my brain shuts off, but, um, <laughs> and then, uh, like right now my daughter is napping. So she naps in the middle of the day and, uh, this is when I do recording. So, oh. yeah, so I try to record, I put out an episode every other week. So somewhere in there, that two week period. And sometimes I do try to get ahead, but usually I don't, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, find a day that'll work to record and then I usually spend it takes me like 40 minutes to record um and I have lots of mess ups and like say things multiple times uh-huh. um I record in my closet I've turned it into my little studio. So it's covered in blankets and towels. And sometimes people will be like, where's that blanket? And <laughs> I've totally forgotten that it's part of my studio. Um, that's happened a bunch of times. Um, so, yeah, that takes me like 40, 45 minutes. And then um, the editing I mean, it's changed a lot. Like, I've gotten so much quicker. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Right, right. <laughs> it practice. Used...
0: It's practice, right?
1: It, it totally is. It, it used to take me many hours to edit a 15-minute episode. And now it probably takes me, like, a total of three-ish hours. Um, but I recently put together an episode with um, Mr. Eric from What If World. Um Chanel sang from Peace Out and Sarah Werner from Girl in Space, and they read lines for me, and um that took me forever. That episode was <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how people do these you know audio dramas and things like that. um, so as I've gotten more ambitious, you know some things take longer. I do have an episode over the swing, which has singing, which I'm still like I can't even believe I did that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, that <laughs> I mean, I love that episode. I really wanted it to exist in the world, so I pushed myself to do it. Good. But, um, editing that took me, I mean, probably like 10 hours. So, I mean, I, I, the thing is, like, since I don't have to do interviews and coordinate with people, um, I can fit all of this into the time, like the corners of my day, which I have to do. So I don't have a lot of large chunks of time to work with. But um, yeah. So and then the plan, you know, there's and there's the time that I spend planning and thinking about these things, and I couldn't even count the hours that
0: go into that. Right, right.
1: Daydreaming that leads to you know creating something
0: like this. Yeah, I I mean, and it's and it's amazingly creative and i think that like the the prep time is one thing but then there's this whole other side which is the the writing the story piece right so all of your stories have themes right so i'll i'll, I'll give you one that we um that we loved um vivi finds her voice and it's it's yeah. not just because it's a great story but my daughter we call her vivi that's one of her nicknames so oh, we okay. so, so we that's obviously sweet. have listened to this one a ton you have a, <laughs> you have a lot of so i'm i guess like when you're writing do you have a specific theme in mind or it's just maybe something that you've observed with your kids that you want to capture or you think it's a good lesson that kids need to know and then secondarily to that all of the characters like brambleton he's our homie little hedgehog's <laughs> our homie like right. we we know all these people um and sometimes mm-hmm. they come to the studio to talk to but sometimes they get a little shy and that's okay but so right. it, so it's a uh, it, it's a couple th- and by the way that that is like the neatest most awesome Thing that you do I think when you you're so sympathetic to these characters who are not quite ready to do it. and I think it gives people a, a feeling of like oh I can I don't have to like if I don't feel that I can do it it's okay because someone like Rhea has my back so I just asked you like uh-huh. 75 questions so feel free to to tackle that in any kind of way
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, first I say, I know it's strange how none of my guests want to actually speak. They never actually speak. (laughs) Um, It's weird. Uh Um, Yeah. So, um, okay. So yes, most of my stories do have some kind of message behind them. Some of them are just ridiculous, I have to say. (laughs) Uh, My recent Halloween episode, there is no message there. (laughs) It's just completely silly. Um, I mean, I... So, a lot of times, um it, most times the idea just comes to me, and I'm not going looking for it, like, oh, I wanna write a story about a particular theme um it's I always have better ideas when I just go with something that like floats into my brain um without me looking for it um the Vivi finds her voice that is about boundaries and being able to say no and set boundaries for yourself. And that's one that I actually specifically wanted to write because I feel like, and it's not, and typically when I pick a theme like that, it's really something that I just need to explore. Like it's something I think about a lot Mm -hmm. and it's not so much that I'm like, well, kids, you know, my audience really needs to hear this. I don't I don't generally go for it that way. It's more like, well, this is something in my own life that's been really important and something that I feel like I had to learn as I grew up. And boundaries is a huge one. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of adults really struggle with that too. So it's generally something that is more personal and just kind of coming from my own life experience. And that's so it's kind of always taken me by surprise where it does seem to really resonate with a lot of people. Um, but I don't go seeking for it too, if that makes sense. Like I'm just kind of coming from my own experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think as I've gotten older, just being able to say no has become a big thing. I think especially for women, like you just have to be able to set boundaries in your life and, um, say no to things. And I know a lot of people who just can't do that, like they take on too much in their lives. And so, um, yeah, and I want my kids to be able to do that and not feel guilty about just, you know, having those limits. Um, so that's one example. Let me think. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the messages i try not to like hit you over the head with them (laughs) of course sometimes i totally do (laughs) but i try not to be like moralistic um there's one story the glowing stones and Mm -hmm. it's i mean i think any parent is going to understand what it's really about um it's about technology and my misgivings with technology it's about two rabbits who find these glowing stones and the glowing stones become almost like a proxy for their relationship they're not really connecting to each other anymore they're connecting through the stones and they end up not you know spoiler alert they, alert. (laughs) um, (laughs) they end up abandoning the stones and realizing they don't need them and they were actually damaging their friendship and you know that just came out of my own frustration and like Conflict over technology in my own life, and seeing how it's impacted people around me. So, I mean, you can tell a lot about what I think about things from right. the stories, and a lot of that is just personal. I've found this place. You know, some people have a blog where they share their thoughts. Like I've, I don't know, I've found a home for it in children's yeah. stories.
0: Absolutely, so, absolutely. It's it's good. To, it's good to base the stories in your experience, right? Like it's, uh, it's, you're not the only one thinking about it and you're not the only one who wants to do something about some of these things, right? Like we're all tied to our technology. And and one way that I sort of deal with this is, is I'm fortunate to be in the, in a situation where I can ask like experts, right? Like I've had a couple people, a couple upcoming people actually coming on the podcast to get their view on Screen time and how much is too much, and and uh, it it helps me inform my uh, inform my opinion and how we're gonna work with our kids on it. But I think that you have this this uh, this medium in which to to figure it out, sort of for yourself, right? You're writing the story, right. like you have a moral to the story, and that moral is probably something that you're going to incorporate into your into your daily life. I hope I'm not reading too much into it, but like this is an opportunity for us to get deep on the glowing stones. Um.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, you're no, you're not reading too much into it. And honestly, a lot of times it's not like I'm living all these things perfectly. I'm certainly not. I'm it's like reminders to myself. These are the things that matter. And I am trying to send messages about things that i feel are meaningful to all people so i have a lot of stories that touch on empathy and acceptance of others and these things i just feel like are central to being a person or that should be Mm -hmm.
0: great do you feel like you're so so a little bit of a different angle now uh, a different kind of question so brambleton come he shows up a lot right and, and little <laughs> hedgehog shows up a lot. Do you feel like these these characters that you've created have taken on a little bit of personality, and you're you're writing like for their specific personalities?
1: Oh my gosh, of course. Um, <laughs> so especially little hedgehog, it's really funny. She's by far my most popular character, and it really took me by surprise because. I wrote the first story with her and for, I mean, most people don't know what I'm talking about. She's a little hedgehog. Mm -hmm. Obviously she has a big imagination and has crazy ideas. And, um, her dad is just perpetually kind of frustrated with like her, her wild, crazy ideas and her high expectations for everything. But she's also like brimming with positivity and nothing gets her down. Um, and I came up with her just, that was one of those stories that just kind of came to me in a flash. I wrote it down. It was super quick. And I, that was the first time that I said, you know, this might annoy people. Like, I really <laughs> thought this is going to turn people off because my thing had always been, I don't want to annoy parents um, because I've heard parents grumble about kids stuff and like, oh, I have to listen to this. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to be that thing, huh. and so I created little hedgehog, and I was like, I think she's annoying. And I I played it for my husband, and he is not a good like I I don't remember what he said, but he was kind of like, well, it might be annoying. Like it wasn't very <laughs> oh. wasn't very encouraging. <laughs> Um, so I just kind of took a breath and I was like, all right, I'm taking a chance on this and put it out into the world. And people loved her. I was just shocked. And so that's why I've kept writing stories about her. But, um, yeah, she has a very specific voice. Um, she has a very specific personality and so does her best friend, BB, who is just very monotone. Um, and yeah, I love writing for her. Now I understand when you've heard writers talk about, like, I've heard TV writers talk about different writing for different characters and in their voice. And so, yeah, I feel that way about her. Um, Brambleton is another one, and Mouse, who mm-hmm. was much more popular in my early days. So, um, yes, I've I've come to love my recurring <laughs> characters and. And so I'll have an idea and I'll be like, oh, does it fit with one of them? And a lot of times it doesn't. But it's kind of exciting when when something is like, oh, yeah, that would that would actually line up.
0: That's it. Um, Yeah. Like that's a good that's a good Brambleton. That one's going to be a good Brambleton. Exactly. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. (laughs) Um,
0: So another character that you have and I think it's. It's uh, the right time to get to this particular character because you've taken the podcast and the idea that you have about writing stories for kids and you have actually – you put out a book. And the book is called Little Fox Can't Wait to Dream, a rhyming bedtime story. So what was the, you know, we're not going to give what happens in the book away. Like we really want people to go and check this book out. And it just came out like, so today's December 6th, it came out October 30th. So it's like, great for the holidays. Um, and, uh, what, so what inspired you to, to take it to that level, to, to write a book? Was that something you've always wanted to do? Or this is just like, Oh, this is the next logical step.
1: Oh, no, no. I've always wanted to write a book, for sure. Um, and this is not going to be the last one, so I'm already Uh-oh. thinking about the next one. Triple-double um, secret, spoiler alert. <laughs> right. I will not reveal the character involved <laughs> in this. But, um, yeah, you know, that story was the first story on the podcast, and I wrote it without any inkling that I would have a podcast. So it predates, you know, that Um I wrote it. I don't know why I wrote it to this day. It's like it came to me and I started, um, right. I started creating it in a series of pictures that I would tell my son and I would just, he would say, tell me the Fox story again. And I would just draw it in pictures. And, uh, I wrote the story down later Mm -hmm. and then it kind of came out as a rhyme I don't know how to describe it other than that when I write rhyming stories it's just like that's how it comes out so it um came out as a rhyme and then I eventually put it on the podcast and I didn't so I started working on the book about August of last year so uh it took me about a year and a couple months to finish the book and I think I finally did it because, you know, when I first wrote the story, I thought about trying to get it published. I didn't really know anything about the publishing industry, um, but I just was discouraged by everything I looked at and I kept, I would, you know, my feeling was like, well, who am I to, you know, try to publish a book? Um, but then I started the podcast. Podcasting has a low barrier to entry, which is great for someone like me because it was really like an art experiment. Right. When I started. Totally. Well said. Um, well said, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of thought, well, okay, I'll try this. I had no expectations. I was using a borrowed mic from my sister. Like, I, it was totally in a shoestring. I did no research. I mean, it's like, <laughs> the laughable. best way.
0: It's the best right. way. Yeah.
1: Right. And I saw in your description on your website how you started, it was very similar. Totally. It was like, okay, got yep. an idea. Let's do this. Yep, let's um, roll.
0: Let's do it. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, some of the best things start that way. So I once I got into the podcasting, and I was surprised with how well it was going. Um. I didn't, I found that I didn't. And this keeps happening to me, I don't have as many excuses for not doing things. Huh. I can't think of them anymore. Like, I can't be honest with myself and say,
0: Well, I can't publish a book
1: well, actually, you, I've done all this other stuff.
0: Yeah, you so, totally you totally can. Interesting. Right. Yeah. And
1: that's why, like, with the next book, I'm already like, well, I already did it. So I can't really <laughs> say that I can't do it again. Um,
0: <laughs> um, so yeah. let, let, let me ask you this. So it's not j- – and I think I'm looking at this correctly, right? Like it's not just – Having the idea and it's not just writing the book, but I think in your case, you also illustrated it. You did the whole thing. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yes, I illustrated it. So that was one of those things that I was telling myself I couldn't do. And I told anyone who would listen that I definitely couldn't illustrate it myself. Um, My family was like, what are you talking about? Like, you are are a good artist. And I just kept saying, well, no, I think I'd have to, like, work with an illustrator and... Um, yeah. So I can't see that anymore either. Cause I figured out how to do it.
0: <laughs> oh, Rhea, I'm so sorry to tell you, you're totally out of excuses. <laughs> I totally oh, man. Am. Yeah. oh, wow. That's amazing. Okay. So, um, and I also see that you have some shirts, like everyone's got to go get a little, <laughs> little hedgehog shirt. Like this is the, the greatest. Okay. So y- you're doing, you're doing a ton. And it sounds like there's a lot in the pipeline and it's so great to hear that you're still so enthusiastic about it and still so into it and still okay. finding it to be uh, inspiring you to to take these sorts of artistic chances, I think, in a lot of ways, right? Like you really, even more, they're like, I think about this a lot. I'm like, I, I put myself out there, right? Like I, yeah. I, I reach out to people to see if they want to be on the podcast. 75% of the time they do. Twenty percent of the time they don't answer me, and five times five percent of the time they're just like, "Oh no, thank you, not interested." But right. but I'm putting myself out there, right? And that's a big step, and it's hard to sort of be uh, potentially subjecting myself to rejection right and i think that one thing that you like your story encapsulates even you know like think about all of the messages that you're sending through the podcast and the message through the book but like you yourself through telling your story today are really teaching people that like put it out there like see what happens like it's really inspiring have you have you taken the time to reflect on that
1: Oh my gosh, so much. Yeah. I'm always reflecting on everything. It's tiring. Um, (laughs) Uh, Being reflective
0: is so exhausting. I know what you mean. Yeah. And my husband's the
1: same way. So it's just, we're both always (laughs) overthinking everything. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've, I've thought about it so much. I, um, you know, I, I I think that uh, growing up, I, I thought being an adult, I mean this is like everyone, but I think I thought being adult was gonna be this one way and things would just kind of fall into place and um I would be like on a conveyor belt going forward (laughs) and then you grow up and you're like, oh wait, it's nothing like that. Not even close, right. No one really knows what they're doing and (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we also have a lot of us grow up with like a a sense of these invisible boundaries in our life. Like, well, we can't do certain things or we don't have the right education or we're not the certain, the right kind of person to do that. And, um, I totally had internalized a lot of that. So I think I had to realize that I had to just give myself permission to do things and, um, um, It was kind of I couldn't wait on the universe to tell me no one was going to be like, you know what, Rhea, you should probably make a quirky story (laughs) podcast for kids (laughs) Um, where you put all of your thoughts about life like this was never going to happen. And I just had to. um, And it's you make yourself vulnerable by doing this. And it's very uncomfortable. I. Um, when I first put out the podcast I thought I was gonna throw up I was Ugh. terrified I mean I am not like you said I'm pretty shy I have stage fright so it felt like this huge exposure and uh so uncomfortable and i it's interesting I thought I had gotten past all that by doing the podcast and then the book it was like the same thing Ugh. I don't know why it felt the same um it felt the same way and I think partially it was you know it's a different medium I was putting out my artwork you could hold something in your hands and um have an opinion about it and it was scary but um I just think that you know life is short you just have to go for things and um yeah like I said this was an experiment so now I seeing how this has gone and people have really enjoyed it um I just see like it it, it's spreading into other areas of my life where I'm like, well, I just I can try this out. It's fine. I don't have to have big expectations. Um, And I think that's a very liberating way to go through life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. You know, I think we we, we have that sort of shared experience through doing this. And I think that it's, it's great to hear, you know, y- your well-formed thoughts on it, as opposed to my like mishmash of like, you got to do it. <laughs> you just got to do it. But like, you know, we were, I'm glad that you were able to articulate it in a way that makes sense for everyone. And I think it's important for kids to hear. It's important for kids to hear that like, they don't have to do it just because it was always been done this way. And I think that there's more and more of that happening. And I think I can say that you're sort of leading the charge and helping people to, to change that perspective. So, so, so that being said, how can we, uh, so like, we know, we know how to find podcasts, right? We can go to Apple podcasts. We can go to Stitcher. We can go to all of these places. Right. And, and all we need to do is search for little stories for tiny people. And if we are not able to get our podcast that way, do you have a website that you want to direct people to?
1: Sure. It's littlestoriestinypeople.com and you can, you know, stream the episodes on there. Uh, And, you know, I have a little bio on there and I am planning at some point to put all of the fan art I've received on my website. That's a goal of mine because I really want to show everybody just the creativity that I've seen from kids. amazing. Oh, that's so Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you can check out my website. I'm on, you know, all those social medias, um, you know, Facebook,
0: little stories for tiny people,
1: Instagram, <laughs> little stories, tiny people. Yeah. So, okay.
0: and all of those links are on the website to, to find. Yeah,
1: absolutely. absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Okay, cool. So, um, I, 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 you know, when the artwork is up on the website, let me know so we can tell people, cause that sounds like an amazing thing. Um, Rio, I want to thank you for taking the time to, like, we really got into it here. Like, we got into it in a great way. So I want to thank you for being uh, open and honest. And it was really uh, a pleasure to talk to you. And we should also say you and I are both involved with something called Kids Listen, which is a whole network of people like us who are making podcasts for kids and families to enjoy together. Um, so yes. Thank you yeah. so much. Anything you want to say about that?
1: Oh, definitely check it out. And there's the Kids Listen app. And there are so many great podcasts out there for all ages
0: right. of kids. And start with Little Stories for Tiny People. And then uh, Good Stuff Kids Podcast. <laughs> and then all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Rhea.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: And that's Rhea. Rhea Pector from Little Stories for Tiny People. And go find a podcast and check it out. And find all our other buds on Kids Listen and drop me a line, mike at goodstuffpod.com, because I want to hear from you. I want to hear what's going on. I want to hear about the good stuff in your life, or what you think is good stuff, or, you know, really anything, all of the above. So thanks again to Rhea Pector. You are going to love little stories for tiny people. Trust, trust, trust. Talk to you soon. stuff